Welcome, my fellow wannabes. Welcome to another episode of The Wannabe Critics. I am Gabriel Fast, and I am one of your hosts. And joining me are two gentlemen from different places. Whereas, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourselves? So, I'm Caleb Henley. I'm from New York, and I'm here to talk about movies. And I'm Mikey Collins. I'm from Arkansas, and I, too, am here to talk about movies. All three of us are here to talk about movies. And today... We are talking about Too Fast, Too Furious. We are we are going through our reviews. Are you guys laughing at me? What's going on? What's going on over there? I mean, I'm not completely laughing. I just I have a weird smile on my face. Yeah, well, th- it could be that this is like the fourth time we've tried to start the show. And yep. uh, yeah, it's just, you know, it's getting it figured out. But that's neither here nor there. We're in the thick of the show now, kind of, because we're like two minutes in. And we're here to talk about this movie that's just... Just kind of okay. You know what I mean? Oh. I know, Mikey. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. So as I mentioned before, it is too fast, too furious. And we're going to be kind of going through some some things we want to talk about the show. I don't think it needs to necessarily be a particularly you know, long show, so to speak. But um, just kind of wanted to talk about our thoughts that we had watching this. And I have to say, you know, we're going to start the show how we usually do, where we just basically say, do we like this movie? Yes or no. So I will say that growing up, I did not like this movie, and I don't think it's great. It's better than I remember it being, and I found myself actually enjoying it. Me and Emma watched it today. I found myself like really enjoying this movie, actually, you know, and it's, I don't think you could, I tried to watch this right after I watched the first one, like back to back, and it's just not even a comparison, but now that I've had a couple weeks to breathe after watching the first one... I uh I've I enjoyed this movie. So I was I will say yes, I do like this movie. Caleb. Uh I have to say I probably am actually kind of the opposite with you. I think as a kid and or as a teenager, I kind of liked this one the most. And I almost feel like every time I watch it, it just kind of gets downgraded a little bit more and more and more. Which is weird because I do like it. Like it's fine. And it's probably the cheesiest one out of all of them and it's by far probably the most dated one out of all of them but and it has some really good moments but it also has some really cringeworthy moments um that kind of just set it back a little bit for me but yeah that's kind of my my general feelings i guess okay mikey uh yeah i really like this one personally <laughs> I, I love it it's i don't want to say it's my favorite one but it's it's close because it is cheesy and it is like it, it does have that early 2000s kind of cheese like Caleb was saying earlier. But I don't know. I just I love it. <laughs> well, it's it's funny because um, we it, while I'm watching this, it's funny to me, Mikey, because I'm all I'm thinking of you while I'm watching this movie because of the stuff you say. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is me and Mikey, like peak childhood. Like we used to watch this movie, you know, and I could Mm -hmm. never, you loved this movie when we were kids and it must've just been like a, just like a a slight couple year gap where I was like, Oh my God, this is so stupid. Like I hate this, but I will say, you know, there's a level of cheese to all these movies, but, um, this one it's not quite as cheesy as some of the special effects are cheesy, mm-hmm. but like I actually thought the performances were aside from a couple of B characters. I think the, the performances from the main cast is surprisingly good. Um, and 
the uh, the uh, chemistry between Roman Pierce and Brian O'Connor, I see now why people love Tyrese Gibson's Roman Pierce. I, I see why they love his character so much now, and I'm like, oh my god, yeah, this is totally like you know where where he was born, you know, is in this movie, and I'm glad I'm glad that they've kind of taken they've kind of kept that that side of the franchise, you know, in the movies going forward. I've always kind of liked that because there's sprinkles of there's sprinkles of the newer movies in Too Fast, Too Furious. And that's just my opinion. But I don't know. There's a couple of things I'm like, oh, like this, uh, this seems like something that they would have potentially done in the newer movies, but made it look way cooler. Caleb, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think I can see that a little bit. I personally, I really appreciate Ludacris in this movie. He's probably my favorite um, actor in the movie. Just his character's kind of, I I think the most interesting, just kind of being like the organizer and everything. And he's one of my favorite characters in the new movies. So I'm really glad that they came back and they grabbed Tyrese and they grabbed Ludacris from this movie and brought them into the newer part of the franchise. I think it was really cool that they did that. And yeah, it does have some really interesting uh, set pieces and an interesting story. But I definitely have to agree with the part about some of the B characters. They're just lines are just so hilarious. And some of the special effects are just so bad. After having so many incredible practical um, special effects in the first movie, especially since it was on a lower budget, and then the CGI in this one is just like, oh, it's, it, it's jarring. Yeah, it's, it's bad. Yeah, I think, you know, some of the B characters, uh, sorry to cut you off, Mikey, um, some of the B characters like like Suki, and maybe Mikey can kind of elaborate on this a little bit, but like Suki, it's like I'm watching this and I'm like, yeah, like she's hot, but like she's just so annoying, <laughs> you know, like Mikey, what can you shed some light on it? The There's main characters in this movie that have a lot of good lines, but when I'm thinking about Too Fast, Too Furious, all of the lines that I remember are all B characters like so I think the most memorable parts of this movie are the B characters and just like what happens in the background maybe not the only thing but for me yeah because it's just like again cheesy 2000s movie quote so I'm all over that (laughs) yeah well and it's kind of like probably kind of nostalgic too because I mean there's certain things that, that she would say or like the other people say I'd be like like when she calls him an idiota and Mm-hmm. Other stuff like that. I'm like, oh my god, Mikey used to say that all the time. Or I just remembered, like, there'd be times where Mikey would say, "Only my homeboys call me Rome." <laughs> you know, Mikey, Mikey used that one all the time, like when we were working together. So it was just kind of a, I don't know. It was it was a walk down memory lane for me. And um, Kevin, I'm gonna throw this to you in a second, but for me, it seems like the newer movies have almost somehow made this movie better. Um, I can see that. Because, like, there are certain things with the, uh, okay, like, for instance, whenever all of the cars come out of the garage, um, mm-hmm. you know, that, that seems like a move they would do. It seems like to make the newer movies better, it's almost like they took, like, okay, what, what, what happened in the older movies that was cool, you know, that we can use or, like, that we can use for some inspiration. I feel like that garage moment is a total, it was a movement I totally forgot about and, kind of surprised me even I was like oh I completely forgot about this and then I remember oh yeah like <laughs> that's the whole reason they have the muscle cars you know and and stuff like that so yeah yeah um go ahead Caleb yeah no I was just thinking I wonder if 
part of the reason why it might seem like that is because it might just be budget-based. Because I think the way that these movies kind of went, and you can kind of fact-check me on this, I might be completely off, but the first movie was such low budget is that they couldn't really have all of these big set pieces like that. And But in this movie, after how successful the first Fast and Furious movie was, the budget went way, 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 way up. So you get some of those big set pieces, like the whole scramble scene. But then I think then Tokyo Drift, I don't think had nearly as big of a budget as this movie. And I think probably the uh, Fast and Furious, the fourth one, probably didn't have quite as big of a budget either. But then five, six, seven, eight, they've all had giant budgets to where they're basically superhero movies. And I think that might be part of the reason. It's just like two and then all of the newer ones had such bigger bigger, bigger budgets than the other ones. So you get some of those crazier set pieces and bigger scenes that would have involved so many different extras and all these cars, like imagine just the logistics of getting that many cars to do that scene or getting all of the cop cars and then uh, it must have been a nightmare, but they're able to do it. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Mikey. Uh, yeah, they definitely had a big budget. I mean, they offered Vin Diesel, I think, like $25 million just to be in this movie and it turned it down. So, I mean, they had some change laying around for sure, so yeah. they probably just put that to all that amazing CGI that was in the movie. Yeah, no, <laughs> no kidding. I mean, if you if you go back to any other, like, if you go back to a superhero movie from the same time, like like Daredevil or even, like, one of the Spider-Man movies or, you know, Fantastic Four, the CGI in those movies is terrible, too. So I think it may have been really good for the time, but I think just CGI from that, like, time period is just so so bad yeah well they hadn't they hadn't quite figured it out yet you know because i think even i think even back then we could recognize like this looks like crap you know yeah you know even back then they they hadn't quite figured it out yet and you know i'm glad they did obviously but yeah this definitely comes from a kind of an interesting point in time where um nothing with cgi looked good none of the fantastic four movies looked good spider-man 3 was a train wreck I mean, there was, you know, lots of things coming around, which, you know, this is earlier than most of those things we just listed, but still, you know, there is, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with what you're saying. Um, wanted to mention one thing. I think, you know, you're, you're talking about Tokyo Drift and we're obviously going to cover that one next. That's, that's number three. I feel like Tokyo Drift and if that would make sense with the budget being lower for, Tokyo Drift and Fast and Furious being lower because Tokyo Drift and Fast and Furious to me feel the cl- like the closest thing or the closest feeling to what the first movie gives whereas this one is just such a far cry from what the first Fast and the Furious was. I mean, Caleb, what do you think? I think so too, and I think in a uh, part of the reason for that, especially when it comes to Tokyo Drift, is probably just the whole car scene um, and getting that right. There's just something about um, Too Fast, Too Furious where it just seems like it got the culture just a little off or it was just like a little bit more extreme than it needed to be um, with like the car culture. So where it just doesn't quite connect. Um, 
and I, yeah, in, in this movie, it's just, I don't know, everything seems like so exaggerated. And you even get it like uh, when the all those guys are going and trying out to, you know, work for the drug, you know, guy or whatever. And you see, you can see when they're all lined up there, he's like, okay, you got these guys with the muscle cars and they're like exaggerated versions. Then you have our two mains and then you have like these two guys that look like they're members of Smash Mouth. Um, like with these really weird, like spiked up hair and like these awful sunglasses. And that's like an extreme version of whatever car culture that is. And then like these other two, just like thug, it's just like so weird and like exaggerated. And yeah, these guys, I I guarantee, like, I feel like they were like, okay, how do we make our movie look like a video game because this is around the time need for speeds coming out this is around the time the midnight club games are coming out i mean at this point the the car the 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 gaming car culture whatever is so prevalent they're like okay we have this is obviously making a ton of money um and i want to throw this to mikey in a second but it's like this obviously making a ton of money how do we get that our movie to feel like that. Do you think that that would be like a kind of a contributing factor for your enjoyment of this movie as a kid, Mikey, whenever, cause I know you played the midnight, you played the midnight club games. You played the need for speed underground games. Mm-hmm. Were you like in your mind thinking like, Oh, this is kind of like this movie in a way. Uh, I mean, yeah, especially like underground too. I mean, cause it was a straight up just drag racing street race game you know but i don't know i, I never really I, I i mean since i since i kind of played it and watched it all at the same time i mean obviously i would associate them together but i never really thought about them being related as like release times and stuff like that but i mean that would make sense i don't really yeah. know the dates on anything yeah but for so- me yeah like racing and like cars and these movies are like my childhood. I loved loved these movies and those video games. But right, yeah, Caleb, yeah. But that would think? that would make sense. Yeah, I think you know I think Underground came out in two thousand one, if I'm not mistaken. Did it? I think I think so. I could be wrong. I, th- I feel like Underground or Underground. That sounds right. Yeah, and I think Underground two came out like the next year. But yeah, um, I love that game. Yeah, Caleb, do you kind of pick up when I'm laying down a little bit? Like, can you kind of show? Yeah, I do. I, I, I can. I think that probably the first Fast and Furious movie, I think probably lent itself more to, you know, Underground and Underground 2 than necessarily Too Fast, Too Furious. The the video game to, like, movie comp that makes the most sense to me is Tokyo Drift to Need for Speed Carbon. Because if you take the drifting, like, down the mountain sequences from Tokyo Drift... It's like they they literally copied and pasted it into Carbon. And I do think that those games are very related and they probably pull from each other. But I just can't necessarily, in my mind, like make a connection between a specific video game and this movie. I think it probably... I don't know. I think they probably pull from each other, but it's not like one necessarily parallels the other. Yeah. I think, okay, so Need for Speed Underground 2 came out in 2004. So that must mean that Underground came out in. It came out, oh, so it came out in 2003. So these kind of came out wow. right, one right after the other. 
and Too Fast, Too Furious came out uh, the same year as Need for Speed Underground did. So I don't know. Whenever I watch this movie, I we you know we're talking about the over animated, the the uh, the theatrical, the overly theatrical performances by the drivers and the B character B characters. Mm-hmm. To me, for whatever reason, I've always associated with like, oh, well, you know, video games, this is around the time the Xbox has come out and things are like getting bigger and bigger. It would it wouldn't surprise me. I'm not saying this is a fact. It wouldn't surprise me if they said, how can we make this movie feel like a video game or look like a video game with our characters? Um, either that or just the performances are just straight up bad because they're bad. And like whoever made this, it was the mid 2000s or the early 2000s mm-hmm. and everybody had bad taste. So... Go ahead, Mikey. I feel like it's the in the other way around. I feel like the video games probably totally took from the movies because I I don't think that I think I that because the the first Fast and Furious came out before the first Underground and they were like oh street racing would be a good idea for a video game and then they probably saw that Too Fast Too Furious was coming out and they're like let's get on the hype of that and we yeah. put out a video game. I feel like that that probably happened rather than the video games being an influence on the movie itself. Yeah, that's probably Personally. that's probably a a better a better um analysis. I just I, I was thinking to myself as I'm watching this and maybe it's because I've played so many games I'm like why does this feel like a video game? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and it what what you're saying makes more sense cuz I I thought that the underground games had come out prior you know like like a couple Mm -hmm. years prior but since they're not that seems like a a better analysis um we uh i want to kind of get back to our main like main you know discussion of of the performances and things like that Uh, one thing that i think was really smart they did in this movie was they kept the continuity from the first movie almost like Mm -hmm. i mean you kind of have to but they could have just as easily you know eat I don't know. I feel like whenever, unless, unless uh, an action movie is directly connected, you know, I feel like the, their continuity can be lost at times. And um, they could have just as easily been like, yeah, like Brian O'Connor, he's on his own now, like he's doing his own thing. But they decided to write in the story of like, yeah, he's not a cop anymore. Like he left L.A. They're on a completely different coast now. They're in Florida. Um, mm-hmm. I like that they did that because it totally ties the story together. And I thought that was really smart the way they did that. Yeah, I agree. Um, no, I was just going to say, there's actually, we had the like DVD double feature um, at home for uh, the Fast and the Furious and the Too Fast, Too Furious. And on that double feature, there's a like, it's like a five minute long short that it talks about Brian basically running from Los Angeles after the first movie and him running and buying the skyline that he has at the beginning of Too Fast and Too Furious and kind of like racing and like racing his way across over to Miami and making his way over. And it was really cool. I thought it was really cool that they like did that. I don't know if they did it after the movie or before, but that they had it there on the DVD to connect those two movies. And I think it was a really good idea, especially now how the movies have blown up into this, you know, long series of movies. Um where they have this like continuity and have made it like this, you know, cinematic universe of like fast and furious. It's really, really smart of them. Yeah, it is. And like you said, they, they built a culture, you know? Um, and that was just another way to do it. I think in the, in their minds, you know, the producers are like, this is going to be huge, you know, at some point huger than it is now. And 
I, I, I think it's really cool that they were able to take, you know, take the, the movie's success for what it is. I mean, I don't, I don't think it was an incredibly successful movie. They didn't make another one for another couple of years. And the one that did, did succeed it had completely different characters in it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so, but I think the characters that are in that movie, like what you were saying earlier, Caleb, the characters in this movie that are in the the franchise now, it's like, I love it. I love that they, and, it, and they all came from here. Ludacris, Tyrese Gibson. Doesn't even Mendez show up in another one? She shows up again in one of them, doesn't she? Yeah, she makes a cameo at the end of Fast Five where she's talking to Hobbs, yeah, and shows him the picture of Letty, who's supposed to be dead. She says, do you believe in ghosts? To uh, Hobbs, yeah, yeah. So, like, just the way that they keep doing that, you know, it almost is like the MCU a little bit, and that's why we get so hyped for it, you know? And I... I it's, it's hard for me, because I don't think Paul Walker is an incredibly talented actor by any means. I like Paul Walker, but any movie I've ever seen Paul Walker, and he just plays Paul Walker, you know? He plays the same dude in every single movie. And he has a couple of one-liners in this movie that are that are pretty cringy, where he's trying to act, and it's just like, dude, you're just a pretty face. Like you're, you know, you're not a high tier. You're you're not a high tier actor. You know what I mean? Um, man, go ahead, man. What you talking about, cuz? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like pockets ain't empty, cuz. I was like, ah, oh, <laughs> so cringy. It's like, oh man. Um, like I said, we hungry. We hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, okay. There was uh, one line that made me laugh super hard, and I think it's just just the way Tyrese Gibson talks. And the same same thing with Tyrese Gibson. Tyrese Gibson has no range. He he plays Tyrese Gibson in every single movie he's in. You know, um, unless I'm wrong, unless I am missing something. But have you guys ever seen mm. Tyrese Gibson in a movie where he didn't play Tyrese Gibson? The only roles I know him from are his character in Transformers and these movies, and he's literally the same person. He was in Transformers, yep. wasn't he? Yep, he was. Dude, that just blew my mind. <laughs> I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he he was in that movie as well. Yeah, he, he was totally the same character. <laughs> I, I, yeah, he was. I, I personally think... And there's, I want, I want to say a couple of good things about this movie. Uh, you know, we've kind of talked about the cheesy stuff. And these things are, you know, it's like you said, it's it's just dated. The bad guy in this movie is good, in my Excellent. opinion. I, I love yeah. that actor. He did, he's, a, he's convincing. He, whenever he's trying to do the bad guy thing, he's doing the bad guy thing. Tyrese Gibson adds a flavor to this movie that not many actors can really... You know, he's just that way. I don't, I don't want to say an actor, but just his personality. Not many people are like that, you know, or can like bring that kind of um, unique feeling to a movie. And anytime he's saying something or like trying to act a certain way, he totally nails it. Like he's just being himself is what it feels like. Um, and I feel like, you know, kind of the chemistry between the two, the, the like we said before, Brian and, and Roman, um, I think it totally works, honestly, and, and I, I buy it most of the time, aside from Paul Walker's not good acting. Um, Caleb, what do you think? Yeah, I, I do too. I uh, I like Tyrese. I think he adds a certain flair, and I think that a lot of people like him. I think he's actually a big draw to these movies, even now, is his character, which is that's great. That's awesome. But um, as for the uh, 
the guy that plays the villain. I really like his character a lot in this movie. Um, I was going to say, one of the best scenes in this movie, and just because it's almost out of place, is the scene in the club where they have that cop with the rat in the bucket. It's like such an intense scene, and it feels like something like almost out of like The Godfather or something like that, like where it's actually like, oh, this is like a, you know, a crime, you know, drug like family and they're going to do this like crazy. It's just like so jarring, but it's such, it's kind of like a good scene that almost feels like it belongs in a different, almost better movie. But I do think that he's a really, uh, he's a good character and he is actually fairly menacing too. Like you almost feel like, man, if I cross him, like he, yeah, he would murder my family with a rat in a bucket. So it's, it's, I, I really like his character a lot. Yeah, no, I I uh I totally agree. Um I'm I'm scared of him, honestly. And uh he he totally they did a really good job in casting that guy. I don't know what his name is, but I really liked his performance. I one okay, this is my biggest gripe with the movie. Okay. And I don't know I don't know what you guys is, you know, like we talked about the cheesiness whatever. This is my biggest gripe with the movie. So Paul Walker and Eva Mendes see each other. And obviously Eva Mendes' character, she's an undercover cop. You know, she's been with this guy. It's obvious she's loving the lavish lifestyle. She's living it up. So her and Paul Walker see each other. They're obviously attracted to each other. You can obviously feel the chemistry. And she's trying to help him. Now, whenever they're on the boat, whenever... Oh, Lord. And, like, they kiss, and she's like, he's going to kill you, like, blah, 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 blah. And, like, they kiss. And I'm like, uh, where'd that come from? <laughs> like... I'm yeah, like, they kissed. I don't even remember. Yeah, that. they kissed, mm-hmm. and like I'm like, okay, so there's like a love interest there, and then Roman's like, yeah, oh man, he's on the, he's with the, uh, Carter's with the boys are outside. Yeah, exactly, and they're gonna get his woman, like blah, blah blah blah, like Brian's woman. I'm like, Brian's woman? What do you mean? Like, are they a thing now? Is there a flame? And I'm like, okay, well, I must be forgetting something. And then I realize, and then at the end of the movie comes, like they shake hands and walk away or whatever. And it's like. That was it, like there's like he, so he's just attracted to her and like, like the I just that just felt very out of place for me. I'm like this, what that that doesn't make any sense to me. Like if there was like a love connection, like don't try. I hate when people try and shoehorn that kind of crap in there. I mean, Caleb, what do you think? Yeah, it's it's very shoehorned in. Um, yeah, it's really weird. Yeah, other than a few lines about uh Tyrese, you know, calling him out for checking her out. Um, and the kiss and like the look back at the end of the movie, that's literally it. And then, yeah, it's very, very shoehorned in just because they couldn't get Mia or figure out a place for Mia in this movie. Yeah. Or, you know, like makes sense for it. So it's like, yeah, we got to have a hot girl in here, you know, and she's hot, you know, yeah, whatever. Like there's lots of hot girls in this movie, but it just didn't feel right to me. And that's, that's my biggest complaint with the movie, honestly, because, I mean, you know, it's Fast and Furious, and like we talk about, there, you have to, like, kind of roll with the cheesiness to a degree. Because it's junk food, you know. Um, I will say, uh, this movie was way more entertaining than I thought it was going to be on a, you know, <laughs> a, a later watch through. And I was laughing, mostly at Roman. Like, Roman was saying, <laughs> Roman is just funny in this movie. And, uh, like one of my favorite parts, and this has always been a part that I remembered since I was a kid, whenever they're going to the, f- to get the Ferrari and 
he just walks walks right up to it and just breaks the window. Like wraps it, takes his shirt off, like he's looking all tough, and then boom, tough. He's looking all tough, and then like boom, like you know, knocks the window out, and then Brian opens the door. You know, I was expecting <laughs> them to say something quippy, but uh, like whenever they go to uh, Carter's mansion, and um, he's like, "Don't tell me to shut up. You don't tell me to shut up, Brian." Like. <laughs> He's always like, you know, like him and Brian are always like firing back and forth. And I wonder how much of that was improv because that's the kind of stuff. I think that's why it's funny because it's relatable. Like he's saying the things that we're all thinking, you know, in those types of situations. Mm-hmm. Like, don't tell me to shut up, Mikey. Like you freaking shut up. You know what I mean? Like he just says it. And, yeah. you know, one thing I didn't really understand, though, I don't know. I guess they were just trying to like, you know, atte- you know kind of attest it to his character Whenever um, he steals the cigar cutter, <laughs> I'm like, I'm just thinking about like that. Pockets ain't empty. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that was so bizarre. Those were probably like twenty cents or something like that. You know, like what? What's and he's like, man, I thought you had like thirteen of these. Is he a klepto? I mean, you know, he's obviously. Well, I mean, a that criminal. might have been like silver. I mean, that guy rich beyond belief probably so i mean yeah could have been silver plated some or whatever or maybe yeah platinum that's true even. yeah that's know. true i just feel like i'm like it's like whenever you're playing skyrim and like you just take like a little trinket and it's like yeah i got room in my pockets for it why not i'll just take it you know i got like i got room in my inventory i don't know just that, that just you know one thing that kind of seemed out of place but i i think roman's probably my favorite roman and the villain are probably my favorite parts of this movie brian is brian i mean he's the same dude in every movie um mm-hmm. I wish this is one thing. I wish they would have started doing the credits thing because I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't it at the end of Fast and Furious One, there's an end credit scene, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Where he yeah. drives off in the red Chevelle. Yeah, he's in Mexico. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't. I. I. I my life a quarter mile at a time. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's what I thought. I wish they would have done that same thing. Um, I wish they would have done that same thing for this movie because they do it in. Well, they don't do it. In, they don't do that exact same thing in Tokyo Drift, but they do something similar, you know, where they allude to the the fact that there's gonna be more, you know, there's more yeah. story to come. So well, they they probably did that because they or didn't do that because they did the prequel like short film that Caleb was talking about. Yeah, that's probably why they didn't do an in credit scene. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Where so are are we are we coming to the conclusion? Are is Fast and Furious the originator of the in credit scene? I don't think so on that one. Okay, Maybe. well, that, that'd be interesting to find. That'd be kind of a cool episode to do. Like, hey, who had the bet? What movie had the best end credit scene? Which yeah. means we have to pick a Marvel movie, probably. But I was gonna I say know. Marvel would be yeah. in the top nine, and the Fast Furious would be in there. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. I'm trying to think of which Marvel uh, end credit scene is the best. That's really, really hard. Or yeah, just do an episode on which Marvel end credit scene is the best one. <laughs> Oh, that'd man. be that'd be a fun that'd be a fun episode. I think I think we'd get some, we'd probably get some uh, some hits on that one. Um, yes. Is there anything that you guys really feel like is worth mentioning? You know, um, that something that really stands out to you about this movie. I pretty much said everything that I have to say uh, about it. But Caleb, is there anything really else that you want to say? Um, my one last thing is a positive. Uh, I really love the chase scene with all the cops at the end. I think it's really cool. Um, it's all practical for the most part uh there's there's the scramble uh which is a really cool like just from a logistical standpoint it's a really cool scene but yeah with the multiple helicopters all of the cop cars all the real driving 
There's a ton of like chaos and wreckage. It's a really cool chase scene um, that, yeah, it's just, and I like the way where they, you know, they switch the cars, but the cops end up catching the cars. And I think that's like almost what makes it the most realistic type chase because any type of cop chase, you're never going to escape the cops. In real life, you're never going to escape because they're able to coordinate too well. There's helicopters and it actually does a really good job of like um, letting you see how like inevitable like them getting caught was, but they were able to outsmart them and switch cars and get away. I thought I, it, yeah, I thought it was a really, really cool scene. Um, it's probably my favorite part of the movie is that whole end chase. I think that scene is honestly pretty ahead of its time. Um yeah. In a lot of ways, uh, I was thinking that myself. I'm like, wow, this this scene looks like it probably could have come out, you know, not that long ago, even. But uh, yeah, yeah, good take, Caleb. I I agree. I agree with that. Um, Mikey, is there anything that you want to say about this movie? Uh, anything else? So much. Go ahead. Well, I've been holding it in this whole time. Go for it. Let it out. You know, we've each given our spiel, and you know, it's. With three people, it's kind of a, a different thing, but that's kind of what you have to do is just say what you got to say, and then, mm-hmm. you know, whenever it's time, unload. What you got? Well, I got uh, some fun facts, and I also have some opinions. Okay. <laughs> but, like, my main thing is, like, what the heck is that EMP trident thing that they're <laughs> shooting the cars with? Where did that come from? Like, What is that? In, where, who came up with that? I don't understand. They brought any the of best. That. They brought the best video game developers in and said, "Now see what you need to do is design it this way." <laughs> that's that's like the most laughable part of the movie for me. Yeah, like, go go past the cheesiness of some of the lines and the like the what's it called CGI. Like that is just like oh my god because they do it like multiple times. Yeah, they do it like when this they is like down Brian. Yeah, uh-huh. and then they do it when they're driving down the the flipping highway. Yeah. They're shooting it out of helicopters. <laughs> I was like, what? Why? There's innocent Why people that... around. <laughs> Why don't they just shoot them with the guns or something? <laughs> Get over there. Shoot her or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, that's, that's probably good. my biggest thing with that movie. If they didn't have that in it, I'd be like, oh, man, I love I do love this movie, but that one, that's it's one just, of the biggest things. They start the movie off with like such a cheese by, by doing that. And it's like, okay. Yeah. You know, it, it, it totally gets the movie off to a wrong a wrong foot in, in, in a lot of ways, I think. Um, cause mm-hmm. you're always kind of like, okay, well, what am I going to expect next? Um, mm-hmm. you said you had some fun facts. Uh, yeah, I was actually talking about it with my wife earlier, um, while we were watching it, but I guess, you know, the Supra in the first opening scene. Yeah. That's, that's the same Supra from the first movie, just reskinned. Really? I did, yeah. I did not know that. Huh. Yeah. Okay. And then also, uh, Paul Walker's skyline in the movie. That's his. Is actually, no, actually, it was one of the. I'm sure. I think he has one of oh, the ones that yeah, they yeah, reproduced yeah. for the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the one one that he used was actually one of the digital producers of the movie. Like that was just his car that he had, and they were like, "Oh, that's awesome!" So he let him use it for that scene. Gotcha. And then they made a couple more of them. But Such I just thought cool that was car. pretty cool. Man, that's a cool yeah. car. I've I've always, always, I want one so bad. I've always wondered how they got that car in the States because it's illegal to have that. Yeah, it's illegal to have that car in the States because of emissions. And you you can't import it from Japan yet. Not yet. I think it's 25 years from when it came out. So people are, yeah, so people are still waiting 
for I can't remember the exact date where the R thirty four is able where you'll be able to import it, but yeah, it's sometime in the next few years. But yeah, I've always wondered how they were able to. I mean, most people wouldn't know that, but I've always wondered how they were able to get that a couple of those cars into the states for the movie. Huh. Yeah, I always got that and the Supra confused. I always thought the Supra was banned, but it was that one. And I was like, because I saw Supras, and I was like, what? Those are banned. And I was like, oh, no, that's the wrong car. <laughs> well, I thought I thought Supras were illegal to have two at one point. Is that not a thing? Not that, not that I've ever known. No. Oh, okay, gotcha. They're just dope. They're just a dope car. Yeah, I love seeing those on the streets. Oh, man, especially the all, an all-white one. I'm like, <laughs> foreshadowing um no um no i'm just kidding um so is there anything else mikey you got any other facts for us uh not that i can think of no i thought about looking up a facts list but i don't know i just i don't i don't feel like i was well coordinated enough last time for it and by the way ladies and gentlemen if you're still listening by this point we want to we want to apologize for uh our bumble in the last episode um, you know, there was multiple things that kind of went wrong. We're, we're, you know, a newer, it's almost like podcasting for the first time for me, whenever you add a new person or a new component into an already existent show. And, uh, you know, we're going to get our stride figured out. And, uh, we just wanted to apologize if there were some things that weren't, weren't quite up to snuff, you know, and it was mostly my fault. I forgot to, ed- I mean, I thought the episode was good. We kind of, I forgot to edit it basically is what happened. Um, but it happens. It happens. Yeah, I'm an idiot. Um, so you know, we both we're all kind. Of, you know, we had kind of mixed answers at the beginning, and I feel like talking through, you know, how you feel about a movie, things you noticed about the movie. I feel like it almost helps you kind of come to the conclusion of how you really feel about it once you've talked about it for 45 minutes to an hour or whatever. So we're gonna go around the room, so to speak, and we're gonna give our scores for this movie. Do we do scores for the last movie? Yeah, I think so. Okay, yeah. I feel like, I feel like I gave it a, n- a nine out of ten last movie. I think you give it an eight. An eight out of ten. Okay, gotcha. I believe In my heart of hearts, though, I want to give it a nine. So just for the sake of everything, we'll say I gave it a nine. The first one. Yep, the first one. So. In my heart of hearts, as far as enjoyment for this second Fast and Furious movie. I am going to go ahead and say that this is a pretty solid 7.5 for me. Um, 7.5 out of 10, whereas before it was probably sitting somewhere around a 4 or a 5. But I enjoyed this movie much more. I think it totally plays into the universe of The Fast and the Furious a lot more than I have ever given it credit for. Um, And I, I feel silly for not appreciating it more. That being said, there's some over-exaggerated characters, some really cheesy one-liners, some characters that aren't really even needed. Um, like Caleb said, little things like the exaggerated car culture. Like everybody, everybody has these cars for some reason. Whereas before yeah. it was a little more, you know, it was a little more incognito in the last movie. There's just there's just things about it that are very much 2003. So for me, it gets a 7.5. Caleb, final thoughts and your score. Um, so my score, and I don't want people to like be mad at this because it doesn't mean I hate this movie. Um, I'm gonna give it a six point five, um, which still is fine. Like I can definitely enjoy this movie if it was on TV, I'd watch it, and I enjoyed watching it. It's just to me, it's just not like just super super high quality. It's more of just you know, it's like almost like a cheesy B movie, but with a higher 
high budget, <laughs> but it's still fun. And there's a lot of really cool scenes and the story's really easy to follow. You're not going to be confused watching this movie. It's just, it's junk food movie and it's totally fine. And if you want to be transported back to Miami in 2003, this is the movie to do it for you. <laughs> it's a perfect time machine for that. So that's kind of my basic thoughts. And you yeah. kind of alluded to something that I wanted to say too. I, I really do feel like this movie is rewatchable for sure. Like I'm the same way. Like I, I could totally watch this movie. I could watch this movie again today probably, but it's not going to be the first choice. Like if I have to go and pick a fast and furious movie to watch, it's never going to be my first choice ever. It'll probably be my last choice. But if it was on TV, something casual, I'm playing my switch, whatever. Yeah. I'll throw it on in the background and watch it. Mikey, same thing for you. Final thoughts and your score. Uh, well, like if I had to choose, this would be in like my, I would definitely pick this one over several of the other ones, but that's just cause of nostalgia for me. Um, but yeah, I, I love, I think the rewatchability of this is awesome. If I ever have downtime or I'm like, want to put a movie on the background, I'll definitely choose this one. If I want to pay attention to one, I'll probably pick a different one. Um, but I just love the, for me personally, I love the character relationship between, uh, brian and rome in this movie so much that i actually i like it more than vin diesel's relationship with brian whoa uh, personally that's, i think it's more, i think it take. feels i think it feels more genuine because like they're friends in real life actually too so i think i feel like their friendship comes across more real in this movie i think that's why i like it I like it better than the first one, personally. Whoa! I like it, like, in my heart, but my rating for it is actually lower because there is a lot of cheese in it, and, like, I do have a lot of nostalgia with this one. It's probably the one I've seen the most, but I'll probably give it... I believe I gave the first one a 9. I'll probably give this one an 8 because you got to dock it for all the cheesiness and, like, that stupid EMP trident thing and just, like... (laughs) just little things but they it, that there's just so many things that i hate and love about it that's why i just kind of have to put it lower yeah on my be scoreboard. fair be fair take 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 your your critical side of things and yeah. you know yeah that's good that's respectable mikey you are gonna survive and thrive on this show you got some cri- right. you got some crispy takes um takes. yeah and that's that's part of the reason why i wanted you on the show mikey is because you always come up with things like that to say and, you, you know, I feel like that's a pretty fair score, you know, a personal bias versus things where you have to be critical. And that's not far. Mm-hmm. That's really not that far from um, the scores that Caleb and I both gave it. That's two, you know, two. That's a uh, a point higher or half a point higher for me and or it's a half a point lower for me and a point and a half lower for Caleb. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that's that's a, a pretty fair rating overall. Um, I. I think this movie, I think it really accomplishes what it tries to do, you know, um, for, for a lot of reasons. It's like it, it whets your appetite or, you know, if you had an itch for more Fast and the Furious, I, I feel like it gives you more of that. Um, and I also feel like it, it does a really good job of kind of setting you up and kind of giving you things to expect for the universe going forward. Because now people, since this movie exists, people can't say like with the new movies, like, oh, like they've never done that. Or like, this is stupid. It's like, did you, have you seen too fast, too furious? They had a freaking EMP (laughs) trident. Um, you know, it's not like they've never done stupid stuff before. That's the whole point. It's supposed to be stupid. So I don't know. 
I feel like this is a perfectly fine movie. I don't think it's anywhere near in the same league as being as good as the first one on a critical scale. But then again, the first one's pretty silly as well. So, true, well, gentlemen. That brings us to the end of our review of Too Fast, Too Furious. Next month, we are going to obviously be taking the next step forward and reviewing Tokyo Drift, which is one of my favorite ones. The last time I remember watching it, I was like, I love this movie. Um, oh, Mikey, Mikey's got Mikey's gonna have some more crispy hot takes. Um. I want to thank you guys very much again for uh, for making the time to do this. Caleb, I know it's an hour later for you. It's 11, 12 right now, so I hope you don't have anything too crazy going on tomorrow to where you're not going to be able to get out of your your Betty buy. But, um, you know, I appreciate you taking the time, man, to be able to, to do it. Um, just out of curiosity, is it qu- pretty quiet in your house right now or, like, you the loudest part of your house right now pretty much? I'm the loudest part of my house right now because I'm the only person here. Emily is... Gone for the night. Um, so yeah, I'm all by myself. Okay, we're not going there. That's something Mikey would do. Okay, I was singing that earlier. I know, yeah, that's that's so funny. That's in my head. Well, and we got started a little bit later than I wanted to, but you know how it goes sometimes. But Mikey, I appreciate you, my dude. I hope this was uh, Mikey is is developing his podcast chops. We've uh, done several episodes, you'll be hearing the first one. That we recorded, it will be coming out, I believe, either this week, this coming week, or next week, which by the time you hear this, it won't matter, but, um, man, we really need to figure out a way to do the show live, I was just, I was just thinking, um, there, there's ways, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about that a little bit later, but, anyways, live show? yeah, stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, for our next review of Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. We love you. Make sure you stay a wannabe just like us. We know we say things that make you scream in your car or maybe make you shake your head in agreement. But just know it's all it's all just our opinion and we, we love talking about our opinions, or at least I do. I love I love whenever people um I love when people tell me my opinion is wrong because then we can argue about it. Because my opinion's not wrong. I feel the way I feel. But I like to argue. I think you guys figured that out. Um, I've known this my whole life. <laughs> and at the end of the day, we'll argue and argue, and it's kind of like, you know, referencing the the movie. Whenever uh, Brian's talking about his ex girlfriend, and he's like, "You know what's funny is you dated her right after me." He's like, "Well, you couldn't let it go to waste." It's like, <laughs> it, oh yeah, the trailer. Yeah, trash girl. <laughs> well, it's like once you learn you're wrong, and like you argue as much as you can. It's like, all right, you're right, whatever. You know what I mean? It's it's all fun and games, but. I feel like this is a good dynamic, you guys, and I've I've really enjoyed doing these uh, first couple of episodes with you guys, and I definitely look forward to more. So, oh yeah, um, thank you guys again, and uh, I'm Gabriel Fast. I'm Caleb Henley. I'm Mikey Collins, and we are wannabe critics. Signing off. Bye. Bye.
Judy Strangling, hating, grimy, baking, slimy, all the above with his heads again. I don't want no problem. Seems like me professional. Make you take your ketchup, can't you? Yeah. Now the China man is a imp of China man. Yeah. 